Welcome to the Q&A episode super third anniversary extravaganza special super duper thing that is the third anniversary of Champagne is also a band podcast. It's been three years, folks, and I don't know. I guess I'm a little surprised. Maybe you're not. I really appreciate everyone that has always celebrated the music of Champaign-Urbana and also has been willing to check out my weird experiments. I I just want to say before this episode starts, well, I guess it's already started, but I just want to give a shout out to Melody Wachtel from episode 16. And uh, she did this amazing rendition whatever you want to say, arrangement of the 88 West theme, which is the theme song for the Champagne is also a band podcast. And uh, you may know Melody from such bands as This Is a Stick Up, Not for the Faint of Heart, Zoe, and she did this arrangement in the style of her current Cybergrind amazing band, Thought Crime. And I really appreciate that. And surprise, Melody, I am going to be checking in with you and asking for your favorite charity. And I will be making a donation in your name for that arrangement. And I really appreciate you and all the work that you do. And I want to thank all of the guests that I've had, as well as you, the listeners. And of course, lastly, I want to thank Anka from episode 29, who graciously volunteered to interview me so, so long ago. And then when this Q&A special episode came up, I said, I have got to reach out to Anka and see if she will come by and interview me with these Q&A. And then she said, you know what? You need to have one of your songs, and I will interview you. So here's this episode that is a hybrid of my regular format of doing a song, asking questions, and then this bonus episode that is the Q&A that was submitted by listeners, and actually of some non-listeners, which was kind of fun. So... Anka, thank you for coming out and interviewing me and uh, putting me on the spot. So, (laughs) there it is. So, I've been talking too long, so let's get on with the show. Because it insisted on itself as being this thing and this moment and this particular experience, and it, it was there, it didn't give me a chance to really doubt it.
Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today, um, I have Anka from the Dawn Patrol, who is going to be interviewing me, moi, as I just said like a second ago before we actually started recording, uh, that turnabout is fair play, and so my nerves get to be rattled as much as my guests. So... Anka, welcome again Thank you. to the show. You're episode 29 and, um, you know, for, so stop the podcast and go back and listen to that and then come, come back and listen. So this is the Q&A episode, but uh, before we get to the Q's and A's, I'm going to be subjected to my own punishment <laughs> by having one of my songs played and then some questions about it she just heard the song so she's gonna have to do it impromptu and very quickly i usually take a week or so to prepare this is going to be amazing anka thank you for being on the show and being the show and <laughs> guiding this whole thing thanks so much for letting me do this i'm really excited <laughs> and like also i'm just noticing how different it is to be in your shoes because i was nervous as shit when you were interviewing me a couple years oh. ago and it's just so chill now because <laughs> i had to worry about what i was gonna say and now i don't today we're gonna be listening to sven's song just another day so without further ado let's get into the song <laughs> Christmas is tomorrow, and maybe that's true. But for me, it's just another day of me without you. Can't you see there isn't a passage of time? Can't you see? Just making up the lies to tell myself there's a better new year just around the corner. Can't you believe we're only 
how I feel Every moment feels like nothing A dull ache that won't go away But for me it's just another day That I can't stay So, welcome back. Um, Anka, the floor is yours to ask some questions about my song. Okay, so um, I have to do this. What came first, the lyrics or the music? Um, I would definitely say, I think I was playing around with those two chords back and forth for a while. And and it kind of is adjacent to another song that I wrote that has those thirds moving up. I would say kind of the music, but but really it was there. And then I kind of had that in the back of my head. It turns out that, you know, I looked at it. It was Christmas Eve. And I was just like, they say that Christmas is tomorrow. And, you know, right now it's like nothing really makes sense in the way that it used to. And that's part of the thing mm-hmm. with the pandemic is mm-hmm. that our normal interpretation of how things are supposed to go is so warped. Mm-hmm. And I think when I just was like, okay, well, they say that Christmas is tomorrow. And maybe that's true. But for me, it's just another day of me without you. And I was like, oh, there we go. <laughs> and uh, and then I was like, well, what? And then I looked and I'm like, well, next thing that's happening that's a big thing is new year's eve and Mm -hmm. that's just going to be another day in this pandemic and and then i was like oh yeah and then uh you know a week uh two weeks later it's going to be my birthday and it's like well that's just going to be another day again too and then it was just like well you know these 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 things all in a row that were all going to be you know momentous or special or whatever you want to call it right and, and it was just going to end up being nothing. What was the most painful about it being nothing is that, well, I feel like I'm just taking this away, but... Um, it's exactly what but, we want you to uh, do. Okay. Um, but, but it's like, well, what's even worse in this pandemic is like if I was without... At, at least I have somebody with me that you know i i I tried to like okay this is bad but how can i make it worse well how about if if all these special things i didn't have anybody with me Mm -hmm. and i was just had to experience it by myself so i think a lot of that like i i I wrote several several (laughs) i wrote a few songs during this time and they're all about kind of that new sense of isolation and then it's like some of them are about being with somebody, but really, as the song progresses, that, oh, no, he's just imagining that he's with somebody. Wow. And so, and that's not, not this song yeah. specifically, but yeah. I did, um, uh, there's a there's a there's another song that I wrote called Dull Ache, because I was like, yeah, it hurts, but it's not like, it's not this sharp pain, mm-hmm. it's just like this pain that won't go away. Well, and I referenced the dull ache, but... Um, Oh yeah. I so uh so that's a kind of a hat tip to mm-hmm. that that other song. I don't know. I feel like I'm just like vomiting words and maybe maybe people feel this way <laughs> and maybe I'm getting my just desserts here but um I mean you've answered pretty much all the questions that I have. Oh, oh, so. okay. Um <laughs> you know, how do you take it back? How do you how do you remove something that was good 
And I guess I mean that in the sense of like, well, you know, we think about being together over Christmas and Mm -hmm. we think about, you know, the kiss at midnight. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, another kiss that I'll miss. And then we think about a birthday. It's celebrating being alive. Well, oh, it's just another day above the ground. No big deal. Um, And so I guess, you know, it was just that that kind of idea of like, what's the good thing about this? And then let's take it right. away. So that, um, yeah, that, that adds so many layers to this because I wanted to ask about like specifically that above the ground lyrics and uh, lyric and like, um, yeah, just, I, I like the, uh, it, it like maybe thick isn't the word to describe what's happening in the song, but it, you know, there's lots of layers to it and like it, oh. in the story. And I, I like that a lot because, you know, looking at it straight up, um, I feel like it sounds, you know, you can't tell that it's about the pandemic right off. It's a lot more universal than that. It just seems like a breakup song, you know, which is the impression that I got that this is what you were talking about. I really like hearing the angle of what it actually is. <laughs> well, it's funny, too, because it's like um, <clears throat> and maybe maybe this is uh, no surprise to anyone that's in a committed relationship or, or married or, or however you want to call that. It's like it's trepidatious to write. Uh, what could be mm-hmm. a, a breakup song? It, it, well, you know, like um, because it's really funny is that I I was I wrote this so so quick. Right. I mean, it was like I woke up and I finished it. I think on on Christmas, mm-hmm. like on my phone because I woke up, you know, rolled over and grabbed my phone and then started typing it there because I didn't have my normal pen. Mm-hmm. And I think it was even that day I was like, oh my god, I I think I just wrote it. And I normally usually play with a song forever just forever and ever and ever and then i'm never happy with it and then this one it just felt so simple Mm -hmm. and so i don't know (laughs) would you say that you're happier with this than you are with a lot of songs that you put a lot more effort into uh yes i would say i think when and i would say mainly just because i feel like not that it was easy but so the inspiration and the ideas were there so it was it was easy to grab a snapshot like then and there and that's how i should do it when i usually write a song it's usually like i might be at work and then i'll i'll open up a word file and i'll just start typing some things because i hear this other song that makes me think of something else and and I'll have the words, and then later I'll be playing on the guitar, and I'll be like, I wonder if that would go with it. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes that happens well, and sometimes it's just like, okay, you're just you're cramming that into the box, and it's not fitting. I think the the opportunity of this song was that it, or or yeah, I'll just call it the opportunity of the song was that I didn't I didn't have time to think because it seemed so right, and the answers were there. I've done a little bit of playing with it. Like right. I, I like the, towards the end, I'm doing that thing where I'm, I change the, 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 the way that I'm holding the chord mm-hmm. and I'm alternating between the same, another voicing of those same chords. And it just, it feels more con- contemplative. Um, and just, I don't know, has a little bit more movement than the other stuff. And, you know, really that's the only thing that I've really changed about it. I might have changed the capo a little bit um, just because it's a little bit more comfortable for my voice. But because it insisted on itself as being this thing and this moment and this particular experience, and it it was there, it didn't give me a chance to really doubt it. And when you have something that you get the answer right away, 
and it's satisfying and mm-hmm. you're happy with it, there's no there's no doubt or need to change it or yeah. mess with it. And so you're like, that's good. Yeah. I don't need to, especially, oh, and I, what I meant to say is that because it's so new, you could still be excited about it. And you're like, oh, this is a great song. Because by about the time I finish writing most of my songs, I'm just like, right. well, this piece of shit. Yeah, no, you get so jaded because <laughs> oh. like when you when you spend, so you know how they say to like once you're done with something to sit on it for a while and not listen to it and come back. But mm. when it's this fresh and just yeah, you, you I, I totally get that feeling of you're so you you still have time to be excited about it because you've not just been slugging away at it for days or weeks yeah. or months, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah it's it, it's it's writing is such a weird thing because there are th- times that i have worked on some things and really played with the clay until it mm. m- was the thing that i wanted it to be and you know i don't i don't get the impression that it makes other people happy but um you know i i can rest assured somewhat you need to have that jaded quality to yourself that you know what, Do you, you have to hold to your own opinion and be like, okay, this is good, and this is good enough. I don't need to doubt myself about this, you know? Wait, about so, songs that you have worked on for a yeah. while? Or? I mean, no, it, just songs in general. I, I No, I, I should cut that, but it's just, uh-huh. I, I don't know. I, I, it's, and I, anyway, no, that, that was my self-doubt creeping in, because, like, I, you know, I, I mean... I have to persist in the idea that, yes, even if I feel like I'm a terrible writer, is that I have to at least believe, well, maybe the songs aren't 100% perfect, but at some point, I will get better and be a better writer. You right. know? So, um, it's the effort that you continue to write and figure things out. I don't know why I'm tangenting, doing these <laughs> tangents, but it, I mean, I'm just... I find this specific like this particular conversation very interesting and i was actually talking to anna Emily about it pretty recently mm. and about um i have the opposite effect for myself and i guess we were talking mm. about this a little bit in the car when i was telling you about strindberg versus ibsen the scandinavian yeah. writers where i um i definitely have those moments of intense self-doubt and what i do then is i just let it go and i stop writing and i stop being involved with music because i'm like it'll come back when it wants to like i've always thought of myself as a vessel for my music to come out of but there are definitely people i've spoken to like you who someone was telling me the other day that i think andy samberg said sometimes you have to write to get all the crap out and then the good stuff comes um so i just i really like having this conversation because i really like hearing the different perspectives of like what works for whom when i force myself i just don't like what i produce and i get unhappy with myself whereas if i let it sit it comes back and i'm at full strength again you know and and the characters have to be real to you right <laughs> i mean based on based on Strumberg? it was it, ibsen who said ibsen. that ibsen, ibsen is the okay. one who crafts everything and strindberg just lets it happen strindberg okay yeah. but it's ibsen okay got yeah it. got it <laughs> And I'll go, and I mean, I, I've had a dry spell for a while, mm-hmm. and mainly I was just like, you know what, I'm not going to try doing this anymore, just because, um, well, th- th- I mean, when I say anymore, I mean the writing um, music that I also sing to, because, you know, I, at one of, 
well, the few times that I've actually played in front of other people, somebody was like, well, you know, your voice wasn't really that good. And I was just like, okay. So, and then I didn't <laughs> I do it. And then down. I was like, forget it. Never doing that again. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it, it's such a mixed thing because I'm just like, you know, some of the people that I really, really love as songwriters are people that I would definitely say that their voice isn't very good, but that's the part that just makes it for me. Right. You know? Like Dylan, for well, example. Well, I was going to say, um, uh, Connor Oberst. Oh, like so. I mean, like he's uh, singing underwater. I mean, uh, Bright Eyes is probably, I don't know, probably one of my favorite bands. I would say, or whatever you want to call it, projects. Yeah. Um, in in non local, non local. (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm allowed to love other things. I'm allowed. Are you? (laughs) I know. Am I? Um. But I, I I kind of put that down. But when I was like here, um, working from home, and I was just like, well, how do I avoid doing the things I don't want to do? Well, you should probably <laughs> pick up your guitar and maybe sing along. Mm-hmm. I I love that. So, a lot of the things that I get accomplished in life are uh, basically avoiding techniques of what I should be doing. I've which, noticed that uh, with myself too. Uh, <laughs> you have to wonder if it's a good thing or a bad thing because. I try not to think about it. (laughs) Uh. I'm definitely with you on the thing about vocalists, because, I mean, my favorite male vocalist is Mark Lanigan. Not everybody is going to be him, but I personally believe that anyone can be a good singer as long as they can carry a tune, which is like why I wouldn't say that you don't have a good voice. I really liked your voice and how it worked with this song. This brings up, like, philosophical questions of what is a good voice, but... You don't need to do that to be a good singer, I don't think, you know? Or right. the other way around. I don't know. This is getting tangled in yeah, my brain. It's, it's like it, you get that fine line between what is what is technically good singing and then what is emotive and heartfelt and true singing. Like right. where somebody is like, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel and like pulling something out. So I'll start with asking um, why you picked this piece. Um, because, I, well... Your capo is already on it. <laughs> it. Yeah, my capo was on the fourth fret, which is perfect. Um, I think really, and I feel like it, one, I, I have two answers kind of for that is that one, it it is my most recent song, which is funny because I'm like, I really thought people would answer differently. But no, everybody, almost everybody is just like, well, I just finished the song. Yeah. It's my favorite. <laughs> and so, uh, I mean, in some ways it's that, but also... I appreciate the fact that I feel like I accomplished something in a short amount of time. It's a song that I can do fairly consistently and have a little bit of room for improv a little bit, just mm-hmm. uh, just a way to change it up a little bit or, or to, oh, it feels that way, I'm going to add this, or I have that feeling and I'd like to enunciate this. It has that room to be alive. Right. It doesn't it doesn't stagnate. Yeah, you haven't played with the clay that much. Right, right. Yeah, overworking the clay is my biggest fear. I mean, I guess that's that's probably why it's my favorite is cuz it feels it's got a good structure and mm-hmm. it gets the job done, you know. I feel like it does a little more than that. Like that that just sounds like a low bar, you know, and I feel like you do I, I'm a big fan of like 
the threads and consistency and like just interwovenness of things which is why i really like the structure that this has and yeah i i I don't know now i'm going off on a bit of a tangent but i I think it does more than getting the job done i really like the webness and like the shape of this song when you say shape how do you mean like the shape i I mean how do you conceptualize a shape um just the fact that it's not just linear and Hmm. so in a way it's linear but like just the consistency of the christmas new year like thread of holidays and this progression of time but also lack of progression of time Mm. and it kind of just keeps coming back to itself does that make sense no i i I mean absolutely actually i i I think that's what i mean when i say getting the job done i guess i i i sometimes i use the most mundane uh concept when i'm actually really very satisfied or pleased with it yeah i think that that's that's i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna think that maybe at this point that it is a defense mechanism or whatever mm-hmm. but i like to call things that i really really like is it checks all the boxes right you know? yeah um and i feel like it it has one it has a consistency of a thread which i love that that phrasing for that is that you know it it is a passage of time <laughs> um which line mm-hmm. um but it also has it arcs well and it and it it has enough of a structure that it that it that it holds together and although i fall back on reading the words a lot when i'm when i'm playing because i'm too afraid to trust my memory Mm -hmm. but it works and functions well enough that there's enough of a reoccurring a pattern that it also makes it easier to memorize or think about so as I said, that's I guess that's just what I mean. Like it gets the job done. Uh-huh. It checks all the boxes. Okay, so you were just underselling yourself with that line. Uh, uh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I, I'm, I'm doing it again. That. Yeah, you, you you don't have to say that if you don't want to, but I am making that statement. So. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um. So, what would you say is your favorite line? Necess- uh, not necessarily line, but your favorite thing about the song or a line if you want to give one um i like i like the fact that i can kind of i can sing this in kind of the well i want to call it more of the baritone register like for most of it um it's it's more in the lower not lower that's not right but it's like it's the mid-range it's floating around like it's it's in the bass clef but it's like the uh, you know from the the d up as I would as I would call it, you know, the mid mid midline up, and then I also I also felt like I had to switch that up, and I don't do enough like falsetto stuff, so I was just like, oh, I'll just do a little line that's the the falsetto. So let's mm-hmm. do that. So yeah, in some ways, I I had an opportunity to check boxes intentionally, <laughs> not just by um, providence or or coming up with a concept. It right. it it also is like okay, well. The structure is there. Let's see what I can do to make this also happen. Mm-hmm. Let's check another box just for G-Wiz and and add another tool to the to the writing song belt. Uh, the writing song, the songwriting belt, tool belt. That's it. Cool. Edit that, Sven. <laughs> you heard me. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mentioned a little bit about what I really liked about the thread that goes through. And I, I like I touched on this earlier, but you know how I mentioned that it sounds like a breakup song. One of my favorite things about music as a whole 
is that something can be about something specific and it can still apply to everything. And this is just such a universal song that I feel like a lot of this stuff can apply to just a standard breakup where the days just feel the same and that sort of thing, you know? And I, I really enjoy that about this as well. It could probably be about things that aren't breakups either, you know, like the death of someone that you love or something like that. And just, I love that it's so applicable to different situations, but it's kind of brought in together and like almost anchored by the explanation that you gave of what the song actually is. Hmm. I don't know. I'm just, I'm excited. I I like the, what's going on. Cool. Are we about to hop into some questions? Yeah, let's hop into some questions. So, uh, welcome back. Here's the moment that everybody's been just waiting for. And that is the question round. Ding, ding. Um, (laughs) uh, Gosh, Sven, don't ever do that ever again. Um, That was just uh, pandering and uh, just, I don't know, whatever. Anka, take it away. I like this one, Reese DeSantis. I'm sorry if I'm saying every any, oh, anyone's name wrong. That's right, Reese from uh, bonus episode three. three. Um, yeah. Instagram at not underscore enough underscore socks, which is a great username, says in all caps, "How are you doing?" I am doing. I mean, if we're gonna take this as a at this moment in time, I have to say. Um, nervous, uh, but I'm also kind of overjoyed because there's something kind of magical about this. This will sound so weird, but there's something magical about getting attention from somebody who is curious and wants to ask questions. And, and so Anka being here and also volunteering that said one time that, that she would be happy to interview me. And, and then when this came up, I was like, oh, you should do it. And she said, yes. So... I would say nervous, but outstanding because it's it's really a pleasure to have somebody come in and be willing to basically take her Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I'm really glad to hear that. And I, I mentioned this to you. I don't know if I mentioned it on here, but I am really excited to be here. So, works out nicely. Cool. Um, all right. Johnny Lissardi, whose Instagram is at Lonnie Jusardi, says, what was your inspiration to do this? I don't know if that means the podcast as a whole or this Q&A, so just answer both of those. <laughs> I will answer them both as as that way. I guess, what was my inspiration to do the q and I think the best answer would be that I am currently kind of catching up to my favorite murder podcast. Mm-hmm. They did a Q&A, like people wrote in and asked them questions, and I was like, you know, my, my third anniversary for this podcast is coming up, and so I was like... I don't know. I wasn't sure what to, to how the response would be, and it seemed like there's a pretty decent response, so here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, what inspired me to do this is, you know, I what is inspiration? But really more is I love podcasts, and I love the format of it, and I've always wanted to do a podcast, and I had some ideas, and I thought I would be pretty terrible at them. You know, I want to say, like, Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm digging a deeper and deeper rabbit hole here. But um, I like to do fundraising events, and this will make a sec- uh, sense in a second. Um, I like to do fundraising events, and one of the tenets, at least when I do any kind of fundraising, is okay, what would I like to do? What would I enjoy doing? And then simplify it 
and then get people to enjoy it and put money down. So that goes with anything that I've ever done fundraising wise, like just what's something fun to do, simple, and then ask for money, Um, which isn't how this podcast is working because I don't ask for money, but you know, I go out and I see somebody play and they play a set of five songs or any number of songs, but it's like, yes, but what is their favorite? What is their favorite song? Mm. And I do have to give a shout out at this point. I was doing another podcast with Damien Duffy and Eric Benson. It's kind of a stupid show. Damien Duffy hates everything after dark, uh, wake up sheeple, uh, whatever the title <laughs> is now, because it keeps changing anyway. Uh, but Damien Duffy, what one of the things that we did when I joined is I said, well, why don't we just put like a local song at the end of it, of our episodes? And we did that, and uh, Damien kind of turned to me at one point. He's like, well, you seem pretty into the local scene. You should do a podcast about that. And then I was like, well, okay. The most roundabout way is that these are questions or things that I, th- uh, I like to think about, things that I like to ask people. All it was is a matter of coming up with a format, and just ask the questions that I would like to ask anyway. I mean, obviously, I would probably approach somebody after a show and just ask them, but now I just make these questions public in a way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like share that wonder. Anyway, hopefully that answered some questions or made more questions. I don't know. Yeah, I think it definitely links to Blair from episode 56, Instagram at Love and Loops. Um, asked how did you get into podcast work and I think you've answered a lot of that Um, if there's anything more about that you want to add I think part of it is when I started doing the Damien Duffy uh, show or at least editing it I got to learn visually what happens in the waveform when people say certain things or I've gotten very very good at being able to spot us like before I even hear it, like in the waveform, <laughs> as I see the little line going across, I'm like, that's going to be an uh. I guess, I guess really it, it just was a matter of being immersed in it and really getting to the point where I was like, I could really do this. I don't even know what I was thinking, but it was just like, I asked Elizabeth Majerus, who I knew was well-spoken, was definitely had a lot of thoughts about the way that she writes, the way that I, because based on conversations I've had with her, it became one of those things where I was like, she should be the person that I start with. If it feels right, then go with that. Right. You know? So I just needed the confidence or to make it feel right. Like it was the right thing to do. Right. And also just what a cool person to start with. I (laughs) love Elizabeth. Yes. What are some of your favorite podcasts that you enjoy listening to? That was Taylor from Maps of the Midwest and episode 32 Instagram at Maps of the Midwest. Maybe I'll just go, I'll rank it. I'll rank it up. I mean, there's the two, two of them, I think are probably on the same level of love, but I definitely like my favorite murderer and it's not, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily like a murderino, but I just like the interaction of the two hosts and just the way that they regard each other. And there's a certain genuine kindness. So sometimes things are nice to listen to just because people have a certain kindness or gentleness Mm -hmm. towards one another. I think in some ways that the way that they regard each other is, is something that I find pleasing. And I guess I don't need to explain all of the stuff, but that's one of my, one of my favorites. And then also Ologies is one of my mm. favorites. And that is, um, 
Ellie Ward, um, who talks to different people who are a biologist or a uh, chronologist or something ist or some kind of ology. She puts a lot of production into it. So she has a lot of asides. She has a lot of research that she backs it up with and, you know, some sound effects and some fun things that make it exciting. So there's that. Um, And then, of course, my all-time favorite, which is also a radio program, which is This American Life, which is probably what I would say has been, was my introduction to podcasts because, you know, I love the stories. I love the interactions and like they follow a theme and then they take it from different perspectives. Mm. And I, I think that to me instilled the idea that structure is super important to a podcast, to an episode, that kind of thing. So it lets me not have to worry about making sure I'm on my mark all the time. It's like, I just fall back on the structure if I need to. So if I I can kind of write myself a little bit and come back to it. But anyway, so those are my three and like, I really enjoy those. But there's, there's, I would say honorable mention, which I've, I've always enjoyed. We're no doctors, but it's just because it's like, it, it was Busy Phillips and, and Steve Agee and, and just wonderful, kind interactions. So, I, I don't know if there's just something dopamine or whatever that gets triggered in my head right. when I hear people that support and talk to each other in a very kind way. There's definitely something about, you know, you see interactions, like genuine, wholesome, warm interactions between people and you want more of their interaction, you know? It's like if you've watched Scrubs, Turk and JD... Just seeing the way they interact, you just want more of yeah. it, you know? It's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally get where you're coming from there. Okay, Luke Matthias asks, besides Champagne is also a band, what other names were in consideration for the podcast? God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, <laughs> uh, because, yes, obviously this was the last one that i finally settled on mm-hmm. and and it it literally was the last one that i thought of and then i was like oh that's perfect at first i was like okay how can i take like a local some a local band's name or something like that which i guess is what i eventually ended up doing but um how can i do that and then make it kind of home if you know the words i mean that was like the the like first sticky thing i tried to throw against the wall and obviously that was that would have been bad i'm sorry matt talbot please forgive me um and uh oh what, what was it? i was like herd oh, I mentality that, i just got that um if you know the words right yes uh, so yeah which which i i think i would have i would have crashed and burned within like the first no one would be listening to that because they're like it just sounds stupid but yeah so herd mentality like herd h-e-a-r-d oh, i like that i think i looked that up and it was like no it's not it's not there but i also was like how was that local and how did it differentiate right. itself and i think i may have just accidentally like in the process of how can i do this something funny with the name i must have done something else and been like champagne is also a band and i was like oh <laughs> you know it's like I, I don't know it just felt right if somebody doesn't realize that champagne is is a band but knows that it's a a city i feel like that's the other half of a conversation that was happening like somebody's <laughs> like um like somebody's like oh you mean champagne illinois oh no did you know that champagne is also a band you know i don't know so 
I think those are the two that I just... The, 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 so, uh, Home If You Know the Words and Herd Mentality were the two stinkers that stick out in my mind. And, and I, I mean, literally, I, I want to say that I started, like, messing around with this concept for... I want to say it was at least six months. Probably if I were to look at my Word document called Podcast Ideas, <laughs> um, I might find something. But I, I think I may have, out of sheer shame, like deleted them. But if those are the two that I remember, I, I think that there there may have been some much, much worse ones that I just tried to... <laughs> I printed them out, and then I burned them, and then I buried them, and then I dug them up, and then I fed them to something that eats dirt some worms and tried to destroy it as far as i could anyway so for what it's worth it might just be because that's the name i'm familiar with but champagne is also a band just feels like a puzzle piece fitting in it's just the perfect name thank you thank yeah. you that's uh it's <laughs> quite a compliment plus plus it go it fits on a shirt pretty yeah. well <laughs> <laughs> this is a question that a few people have asked in particular brian dunn uh, from bonus episode seven, the analog hour, whose Instagram is at department store. Is that supposed to say record? Department store core. Oh, department store core. Okay. Yeah. And it was also Patrick like at hot burrito three and Tim Mickey from episode 10 variations of who do you want to have interviewed that you haven't yet. And the numbers given are between one to five people. Oh my so. goodness. Uh, ba -ba -ba. Definitely some members of champagne, but the thing is, <laughs> I feel like that's uh, like, that's one I'm going to have a hard time pulling the trigger on because one, it's just like, I really put myself out there by saying like naming the podcast after their band. So it's that whole imposter syndrome kind of thing. Like, uh, am I going to be good enough to interview the people that, that my podcast is named after? Right. Matt Talbot would be a very interesting person. I have this weird aversion to those that you could consider potentially famous. Mm -hmm. Like... I, I had a long, a long time ago, I realized, I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't really want to ask famous people any questions because I feel like most of their stories have already been told and people right. have already asked those questions. I'm like, I want to find somebody that nobody knows about yet and find out all their stories. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of teeter on that, that thing where somebody that everybody knows or somebody that nobody knows. And basically I'm going to be naming people that everybody knows but i still think would be very interesting um so uh so oh you said five so i think i have two there so matt talbot and uh people from a uh, champagne would be great anybody um call me no uh and uh, but i i feel like one that i've really wanted to do for quite some time is mother nature i think Ooh. i think you know either either clever or truth either either i mean or both yeah. or whatever it doesn't matter whatever they're comfortable with it it's you know i i feel like that you know honestly seeing truth perform at exile on main street got me into hip-hop I mean, wow. that's like and I, I i might have mentioned that at uh during the ams episode but but it was it was one of those like I'm like for the first time I was like, okay, I get it. I get it, I get it, I get it. I understand why this is such an amazing art form of right. music, of like of storytelling, of like it was like, oh my god, I get it. 
And then I'm like, okay, where do I get more? Mm -hmm. And so, I, I mean, in some ways, I feel like that would be, and of course, I feel weird if I were to actually tell truth that. I feel like that would be a little weird to say, like, kind of gushy. And I, I, <laughs> I try not to gush for people if I can help it, because I, I don't know, sometimes that's awkward. Anyway, but I, I just, I think that Mother Nature is anybody um, in that project would be amazing yeah. so what is that that is four no I think am i did i just add if one you, if you count mother nature is two people Ooh, that's four they, but they, no i i just want to jump in and say that would be amazing i i, I, I really like mother nature i, I feel like it, their consistent message of like being amazing i don't know if that does that make sense like <laughs> I, I, so. I just like it's it's about it feels like and and this from a a white male cis um it, it just the the story the, the story and the way that they write is so i i just is 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 all about like being amazing i don't yeah. know i don't know how to explain it it's just like everything is so open and powerful and and the 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 message is always i don't know what else to say it's just like i i it's like I it's think, like in their aura as well and yes. like 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 there, there, there's a clarity that they have that i can't really i i know exactly what you mean i, I mean i'm like trying to do the same thing is it that weird intangible thing that you're just like i don't know what it is but they but, have it yeah, yeah um yeah uh let's see who else i don't think you need to go up to five like oh you don't yeah have well to. i mean honestly i would i would say this the the fifth will be this big question mark so it's kind of the band that or the band or the writer or the somebody that i haven't heard yet mm. that that i just accidentally you know not that you can do that all this much but if you're just in a bar somewhere and somebody starts playing and you're like okay that's really interesting who is that mm. and then they finish their song and they're like oh you can find me on Bandcamp under blah 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 and i'm like oh goodness and then you you open it up and uh you're like holy shit are there like a hundred discs here i mean are there a hundred you know albums here it's like this person was hiding in plain sight kind of thing i don't mm -hmm. know that always gets me super excited and even if it's just like i go to their band camp and there's just one thing or one song or and it's like i just heard this whole set it's like okay but why did they decide just that one song to release you know, like it, it, it like the mystery. Mm -hmm. I, the, those are those are the people that I love discovering, and then like without even thinking, just be like, "Hey, you want to be on the show?" You know, there's a lot of risk in that, and it's a little scary sometimes. But that is the next person that I want to interview is the person I haven't known anything about two seconds before. That is a great answer. Really? Yeah, oh. I really like that okay. answer. Brian Dunn again. Um, department store core episode bonus episode seven. The analog hour. What kind of questions are you most excited to ask a potential guest? Honestly, I I think because I really don't start out with anything specific. I, I mean, I well, okay, no, I literally start off with something specific. <laughs> I usually just ask that question of you know what came first, the lyrics or the words. Mm -hmm. The lyrics. Oh God! Please don't. Oh, oh, oh. So, um, no. What what came first? You know, the music or the words? 
And I think that happens a lot more than I'd like to admit, me saying it like that. Right. Um, and then repeating it uh, for the guest. Kind of the, the springboard of certain questions, you know, what is your favorite venue? And maybe I'm cheating a little bit, but l- like my standard questions are fun because they're like, they're the top line of an outline, right? Like they're the, they're the, the overall topic and then you just kind of trickle down from there and then you have your your little subsections that flow from it that's probably the easiest answer at this point is that you know the the standard questions that i start what comes next maybe i'll answer that with three things so the standard questions and then what comes next but also i like the question that i have to follow up with when i completely misunderstand a song when i get the opportunity to i mean it's terrifying but when I get the opportunity to fall back on my heels and go like, okay, how do I write this ship? I think that there's something funny that happens in my brain where I'm just like, shit, 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 shit. Where do I go now? (laughs) And then I feel like maybe it just burns my brain in a weird way. And then all of a sudden I'm just like, that's it. And I, I feel like those are, kind of the fun moments or, or question. And so basically it's it, all the things that I'm saying is really all the questions that I haven't asked are the questions that I want to ask that I'm excited about. But finally, probably mainly because Anka is here that I have to say that I, I always love asking like, what is somebody's favorite non-musical thing? Mm. Because some people it's just like, they take it absolutely literally. And then other people, you know, uh, such as Anka, take it i would say not so literally because you know you you probably have one of my favorite answers i've ever had which is whimsy uh-huh. whimsy and i was like <laughs> i mean it, because it's it's like what is whimsy it's such a it's such an ethereal thing in a way you know i mean by nature right so i mean i i guess that you know that would definitely be one of my um, favorite questions is like, what is your favorite non-musical thing? I'm going to wrap up the stuff to do with local music and then we'll move on to the non-local music questions. Mm. So, um, oh. several people have asked this too. Well, two people. So, Melissa Like, Instagram at Like Melissa and Chase Baby from episode 38, Instagram at Chase Baby 217. Melissa said you're allowed to take five local albums. I really like the way Chase Baby phrased <laughs> it, so I'm going to say his question, which is You're on an island, straight up deserted, my guy. One local project to listen to, what is it? And again, let's just go between one and five. Yeah, uh, thank you, because I have a really, really hard time actually picking a favorite. Those of you that I've said, you know, um, you know, you're in my top five, that usually means like, you vacillate between one and five, you know, like you, you, I, I, if I could say like all five of those were my number ones, I would, but that doesn't make any sense. You want to come back to it later? No, I I feel like we need to face this. Uh, So, I I mean, the, the problem is, Chase, is that as as much as I love your projects, I also feel like it's really weird to say that I would <laughs> I would love your project a lot as my number one. Um, so I can't really do that, but but I I would definitely say that you know Trouble Chase and 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 some of the work that you've done has has been easily in my top ten. So um, please take that, do with it what you will. Um, 
I would say though, uh, let's see. Oh my gosh. Uh, so let me th- th- within no order uh, five that I will ramble off that will change probably quickly, but I will mention them now because what the hell? I would definitely say Warm Darn episode twenty one. Yes, twenty one. She writes in a way that I wish I could write electronic and synth and and you know exploring sounds and and creating spaces and so i i'm gonna try to make these short because i i don't want to just gush because as i said i hate that the fights they're no longer with us but i have always thought that their writing and their collaboration it's it's just been something really amazing and i appreciate like the 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 music that they had in the short time that they were a member of the champagne urbana music scene I would definitely put Withershins in there. I, I think I also just really appreciate bands that are tight, are are good friends with each other too, like that they, they maintain and good friends. Uh, I don't know. So like Withershins and the fights. Um, why is this so hard? Like I should be able to just read. I, I feel like I should have this on a card in my back pocket at any time, but it changes <laughs> so much. But those are the ones that are sticking out at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did say again, we said between one and five. So if you're happy with I that. Have, I have, I have, I do think I could add some more, but I, I, I don't want anyone that's not on this list to not know that I also love them very, very much. So, um, but I also want to say, uh, like, Nectar has definitely been one of my favorites. Nectar, just because it's, it's always been fun. Like, secretly, I want to say, like secretly super sad but also totally upfront fun in some ways like it always feels like oh i should be so happy with this song but it's like it it kind of just uh gets at you in in a weird way and i've always just thought that that's that's great well i guess melissa's question was about albums are we are you content with your answer do you want to go well that was that so so Chase Baby said projects, and that's what we discussed right now. Oh, Do you want to talk about albums? Oh, I thought we were doing the al- Okay. I We the Animals, um, uh, Hells and Chronicles, definitely a great album. Um, Silver Cities um, by Withershins, a great, great album. Word Search by Warm Darn. I still absolutely love the Mother Nature the self-titled Mother Nature release uh, through Airship Records. Oh, and speaking of Airship Records, I still think Acker is probably one of those like really good, just hidden gem kind of albums. It's just it's very well put together. I feel like I'm just wondering because there's so many and they're all so 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 good. How many did I name? I, I felt like that count. was five. Yeah. <laughs> it's just wandering. A lot of what I do is find what's really unique or good about someone's music. And mm-hmm. and I feel like you can really enjoy music that way, even if it's not necessarily your perfect choice. Right. Find out what's really, think about what makes it unique and good. Yeah. And so that that's how I try to approach all the music. I think that's a good way to approach things in general. Like, just look for the bright things about stuff i really like this question which is also from tim mcgee from episode Uh-oh. 10 instagram <laughs> at tk mcgee with three e's um in which episode did you consume the most alcohol 
Um, okay. And and Tim says this because one of his things was um, consuming alcohol. I mean, we consumed alcohol. Um, but But I would say it was beer, so I didn't really drink as much. But I have to say... The ones that stick out in my mind are rum-based. So, <laughs> I would say uh, the Karthik episode, episode 27. Karthik liked, uh, what are they called? Dark and Stormies, I think they're called, where it's ginger beer and and rum. And it was very, very delicious. And I enjoyed tasty. it a lot. Michael Carpenter, whose favorite thing was rum and Diet Coke. Those went down really easy. And I think part of it, too, is because... I think that might have been the one, but I don't know if that's that's the one that I drank the most. But those that do not know, Mike has a show called The 200 Level, and he is part of the Champagne Showers podcast network, and, and he knows how to talk. And I mean, in a good way. So I think what might have happened, <laughs> come to think of it, is that I would ask a question, and he would answer it, and he would answer it very, very well and very thoroughly. And that left me lots of time to just sit and drink the <laughs> rum and coke. So I would say that 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 might be the most the most uh, yeah. Anytime that there's there's mixed hard alcohol uh, <laughs> it was is it has its own potential to be a heavy drinking one. But yeah, I, good thing we're not drinking this bourbon mixed then. But also, you don't have that much time to be sipping right now. Right, because. right. Well, and I'm also, you know, I also was like, okay, I'm just going to pour once and that's going to be it because, <laughs> you know, this could get serious and I don't want to sound like an idiot. I think that's that's probably it. But I have definitely enjoyed having guests here and having some of their favorite treats. Food and music and drinks are, are all things that we that we commune over, that we, right. we gather over. And I, I felt like I wanted that to be something that right off the bat, I was conveying, let's share something together. Right. So, it's like a fun and it's a unique look into someone's personality that you wouldn't initially think of, you know, where it's kind of a way of getting to know someone. And just like, let's share your favorite thing while we're eating it and trying it and like... <laughs> I do want to point out that uh, for today we picked Sven's favorite stuff, which, uh, as I mentioned, he picked bourbon, um, as well as the snack, which is homemade custard and oatmeal chocolate chip cookies, which are absolutely delicious. I just want to point out how tasty this is. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that. But um, <laughs> this question is from Anka. Me. So, kind of a summary of which interviewer interviews kind of did you get the most out of or enjoy the most or like, oh. like what did you really feel like you got into deeply or did you have the most fun in and that kind of question. Honestly, uh, well, let's see. We, uh, wow. Uh, so, I would say like my first big that that felt like a big shock, I guess, was uh, episode six when I was talking with Kelsey Sharp. And mm. um, this was definitely one of those where I, I, I heard her song. I thought it was one way. And then it it's really a song about how much she misses her parents and like right. not having them as a part of her life anymore. And it's it's one thing to get the idea wrong, but to completely miss the mark and and i feel like you know when i don't know 
someone in person that I run that risk. And I, I feel like that was a specifically very human moment, a very fragile human moment. And, and, and going back to kind of our treats, you know, I, I feel like she, she wanted monkey bread. And I don't know if you know what monkey bread is, but it's like these little, you make little dough balls and you um, put cinnamon and sugar on them and then you dump them into a bunt pan. And then, so they become, it becomes this like, wonderful delicious uh cinnamon and sugar little dough balls that you just can kind of pull off and i think that huh. it's called monkey bread because you can just like kind of grab it like a little monkey when i made that and then in the conversation about the song she said well i when you came up and i and you had the the freshly baked monkey bread and brought it in she's like i almost cried because you know that's uh what my mom always made, and that's why i that's one of my favorite things this is that connection or that that vulnerability that i'm looking for that i want to connect to mm-hmm. i've always had it had a hard time talking with people as i've progressed through the process of creating this podcast i've gotten better at talking with people you know i feel like it it helped me grow in a certain way and and i guess going back to that episode six as i said okay this is that part where it scared me i didn't know how to react i didn't know how to feel about it at that time it's like i usually take a lot of time to process my thoughts and my emotions and then to have to recover i think there's something shocking to your system with having to do something not the way that you normally do it and i Mm -hmm. had to think about it and respond and i think Going through that process made me think I need to continue to pursue this. This gave me more because, you know, this is episode six. So I'm, right. I've only done a few interviews. I've done a few bonus episodes. And I was just like, this is it. It was terrifying. It was sad. Um, but it it just felt like that was the right thing. So that meant a lot to me. Yeah. Both of these next questions are again from Patrick Like, Instagram at Hot Burrito 3. What's some of the coolest local music packaging in your opinion? For example, artwork, colored vinyl, etc. I think some of the coolest packaging is not usually the stuff that is all flair. And it's usually like the stuff that I really, really dig I feel makes so much impact on me is are these uh, more of the DIY or or more of the handmade when you order it and it, it comes and it and it comes with like a handwritten note. Mm-hmm. I save all I, I literally save all of those handwritten notes and I have a little Tupperware thing that I every once in a while bring them out and look at them because mm-hmm. it's just like you know it's that connection thing again. I don't yeah. know maybe vicariously I get a sense of connection um yeah community definitely 49 uh familiar ghosts i i ordered their their new album so sorry i totally blanked but that album is daydreams and nightmares when i received it it had it had like incense in it it had a thank you card it had uh seeds for growing sunflowers and it came in a bag that had my name on it you know and i you know i i usually have if i can't make that connection with uh the actual artist when i buy something online i usually say can you just drop it off at exile and and put it on the sven pile as i like to call it (laughs) but to be able to go in and and see this album in this bag that had my had my name written on it. it and it just it felt like 
to me those are that that's meaning beyond just what the actual music is like yeah. it's it, one of those things that make it feel special something unique mm-hmm. um but having said that uh good old patrick who was a member of finer feelings i remember a, a certain record store day when they handed out their CDs of a single, I don't remember which one it was. Of course, this was before I was collecting all these things, but I remember it and it sticks in my mind. In these little, they were in these little plastic sandwich boxes that they put, I, I don't know, they had like all sorts of weird goodies. So, you know, it's like, Patrick, you're talking about these fine, special packaging, you know, some kind of special produced thing. But I, I think the humor and the the delivery of something handmade i think far outweighs anything that's that's particularly um you know amazing in terms of uh, a produced uh you know package for an album now i'll i'll take a i'll take a vinyl swirl any day because that's awesome and i will i'm a total sucker for that but i also you know it's just those unique little things that uh i don't know i i I imagine other scenes have this but i feel like champagne urbana really has that they get it i really love the unique and fun handmade stuff this is also from patrick which was uh, what are your favorite local music memories oh um let's see so Oh my god. I you know, it's funny. I knew this question and I knew what I thought would be thought would be my answers, but but I have to say three things kind of stick out in my mind. I'll kind of go ramp up to the the best one at least in my memory. One one I'll just easily say is every year at Svenstock, which I miss dearly, and it's just so self-indulgent, but every year there's a moment and it's and it's probably about like you know, once the sun's gone down and and the bands are really playing, it's just like, I feel like the wind-up car is going. I don't need to do anything. I just let it go. And I think just knowing that there's a bunch of people that are there to support whatever charity I've chosen, they're volunteering their time, they're wanting to contribute, they're something special. And I guess, okay, so long story short, um, or, or just slightly truncated is there's a moment where i'm like okay everything is okay i can stop panicking and it's like in the evening and i just take a walk down my own road and i and i usually make it out about maybe a quarter mile or a a half mile away and it's like i can hear the band playing in the distance and i just i've actually let myself walk away and not be the overwhelming control freak that i get (laughs) <laughs> when when I'm putting on something or, you know, and for me, that's a magic moment. And anyway, it's totally not really a scene thing, but it is people of the Champagne Urbana music scene. And I, I want to say my second would probably be seeing Mother Nature at Pygmalion performing just before Run the Jewels. And some people may disagree with me on this, but it was just like, knowing that something that was here in Champaign-Urbana like could hang with with Run the Jewels like it it didn't feel like oh they're doing great and then here's Run the Jewels and it's 
amazing no it was like the, like high energy it was so it hit so hard it was so good and then to see run the jewels like mm-hmm. it, it was just like not that it was a letdown no but it, it like <laughs> i i felt like the it, it just rocketed straight up and then it just stayed right. and and that was it was it, it just felt and it was very I don't know. Now this sounds super self-indulgent, but it was very validating that it's like, yeah, we have a scene and and we have something that that's really amazing and these are our people, mm-hmm. you know. I, I don't know. Anyway, it just yeah, it was it was a very proud moment. Um but I would say like my my last I would say like uh, amazing is 2019 the Hog Shoot Opry. Uh, Angie Heaton played with the fights. I mean, I didn't realize that that would be like the last time that I would see her play live. And uh, I don't know. She was very, very special and something. I don't know. I didn't think I would be, I wouldn't, that I would be upset by this. But um, I just remember that it was just like, it was peak Angie. And anybody that wants to hear fun and amazing and eccentric and uh, just rare jewel that she was. Um, I don't know, I guess. Uh, but to see her play with the fights and like, it was it was an amazing show. And uh, I remember just being so excited to see, but not knowing, <laughs> but not knowing exactly that it was going to be that, uh, that, as the last thing Mm -hmm. so anyway uh that's my (laughs) that's my uh i would say my top thing because you never know exactly like you really do i'm gonna try not to do this without like completely weeping um but you never know so one of the things that's amazing about music and performing is that you you really can capture a, a part of someone's soul and it's one of those things that uh, you just can't take for granted because you don't know and, you you know, try to hold on to those things as best you can. So, anyway, miss you greatly, Angie. But uh, anyway, there it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just like, you know, that, that built up really nicely. From the first one, I was like, oh, that's such a beautiful thing to say. And then like, seeing you right now um i don't know how much this will come through in the podcast but it's really clear just how purely connected you are to that evening with angie and the fights and like i don't know it's just really nice to see this and thanks for sharing that with us yeah um well and and it was like i don't know anyway uh i mean i I don't want to toot the horn of uh the hog shoot opry but uh maybe i do uh but it it's in a barn and uh-huh. it's like it's like one of the most beautiful perfect oh it's just it's such a great spot and it was just like it was peak angie is right. that's the part that's just blows me away is it was it was like it, it was perfect but anyway it is that that performance is on Bandcamp with the hog shoot and i will put that in the notes because mm-hmm. it because <laughs> it's i mean uh, i'm sure angie will will agree with me on this is that sometimes you're just like 
the shit that comes out of her mouth is is so funny and so uh like where did that come from but then you're like oh i mean it's obvious i mean if you know how angie's brain works you know so that's 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 uh but yeah i will put that in the notes so check it somewhere banish it right there (laughs) yes indeed okay um so now the last couple local questions are just your classic ones of what is your favorite oh i guess that's the last local question is what's your favorite local venue if you have one Uh, i've started to just absolutely fall in love with the rose bowl yes i feel like i mean their support of local music has just blossomed and i and i just it's it's the kind of thing that i wish would be in champagne um but also having said that i i still think that exile on main street functions really really well as a venue and also as some of the best well-versed people that know music i think in my earlier earlier times i would just walk in and just be like okay what's what's good blow my (laughs) hair back you know it it's always been a fun venture old mike and molly's is just one of those things i mean and even when it was inside it was beautiful and shitty all at the same time because you had to walk up all those stairs and i i can't even imagine I've helped carry some equipment, not heavy equipment, <laughs> but I, yeah, I would say those are those are probably my three: Rose Bowl, Exile, and uh, Old Mike and Molly's. Ooh. Yeah, I will lead right into your other question that you mentioned earlier: of what's your favorite non-musical thing? I think it's interesting that this is definitely my favorite, but it it encompasses so many things. I would say being lazy is probably one of the utmost like beautiful amazing things in the world where and and on the surface it just sounds like well what is that but Mm -hmm. to me it's just like you (laughs) it goes back to my um it gets the job done so Uh i like to think of you know when i can be lazy it's like it's like i have given myself permission to not have to be scrambling not have to be editing for six hours, not have to be, I mean, it's like I've I've gotten the opportunity to just be like, okay, shut your brain down. Don't do, you don't have to do anything. And it's interesting because I think that that mentality in me drives everything that I do. So that basically my only goal in life is so that I can get to the point at which I can give myself permission to be lazy. So... I mean, I look at that. I'm like, I, I, I run long distances. I, I hate running, but I love mm-hmm. having run, I guess you could say. So it's just like, I, I like to be able to have that sense that I've done what I needed to do. And I can just be like, that's it. You know, I like that a lot. And I, now that you mentioned it, I think we did talk about it when I, or I don't oh. know if we talked about it on the podcast. Oh, uh, we might maybe. have talked about it outside of recording oh okay but, but yeah that makes sense uh, but I'm, I'm glad you elaborated on that a little because i do really like that mentality i think um okay taylor from maps of the midwest again uh episode 32 um is top three non-essential items you'd take on your next road trip slash intergalactic excursion well you said non-essential so that's mm-hmm. good that that helps because then <laughs> then I don't feel like it should be food, water, and... Oh. Um, 
Well, what counts as essential, though? I know. This is bringing up philosophical. (laughs) Yeah, so, um, but non-essential, but I, I, you know, honestly, I I think, uh, let's see, maybe a solar charger for, like, my phone. So, my phone and a solar (laughs) charger. No, not in an intergalactic, that wouldn't help. So, I'd have to download everything. Um, But, yeah, I mean, definitely, like, my phone would be... Because that's, that's the, like, non-essential part. Um, but, yeah, it's a phone, a charger, and uh, I guess the cable to charge it. <laughs> if I had my phone, I would have everything I'd really need. Yeah, I think we can lump that into one. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you want to... Uh, yeah, yeah so up. definitely I would take my phone because that literally has, I mean... I have so much music on that phone, so it wouldn't necessarily... All it would need is power. So as long as I could provide power for my phone, I would have everything I need with, you know, headphones and that kind of thing. Um, I would say probably bourbon. Definitely some uh-huh. bourbon. All the bourbon I could have. It's it's the perfect little... You don't need much of it. It's just... It's there. It's mm-hmm. tasty. Um, yeah, so uh, phone, bourbon. I feel like I could do pretty well with... An acoustic guitar that didn't, the strings didn't go bad or break. Because I don't know how long this excursion would be, but... Especially if it's intergalactic. I feel, that seems boring, but... I don't know. I think think that's exactly the kind of... I I don't know what Taylor was looking for, but I think that's exactly the... I would bring you, Taylor. I would bring you, (laughs) and we would hang out, and it'd be awesome. About there that. you go. That's what he was looking for. Taylor no. is three non-essential items. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I see him, I'll be like, hi, three non-essential items. Yeah. All right. Um, so, Anonymous asks, is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, this thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, the the thing is, is that uh, it just, here's, here's your hierarchy, right? Like, is... I mean, yes, a hot dog is a fucking sandwich, but a hot dog is a hot dog, all right? right. I'm just going to say. But, well, I mean, technically, though, a hot dog is just a hot dog. But if we're going to talk about it being in a bun, mm-hmm. then yes, it would be a sandwich. So Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> Wes Moore asks, uh, I think, I, I don't have an Instagram. I think it's Wes is Moore asks, what's going to be the next big phase in music? I guess from more of the independent or non-record label type music that we see, I feel like long distance collaborations will be something that we'll see more of, which I feel like that will be its own genre because when you start mixing point of view, worldview, location, they all flavor the way that we do something, the way that you accent a note, the way that you count beats, the way that, mm-hmm. I mean, it's its all, I mean, you're, you're dealing with some very cultural distinctions, which is one of the things that makes uh, music so amazing. And I want to say that, that really, probably the collaborative or asynchronous, like, music creation between individuals and, and kind of, I mean, even if it works out into something as simple as like the postal service kind right, of that's what I collaboration uh, i think so maybe it's not necessarily a genre but i feel like it is a thing because i think our need to reach out and touch each other 
in in that kind of musical whatever sense you want to call it i think that that's something we've been looking for for a long time and now it's the next creation iteration of what the internet is mm-hmm. you know what i mean like the yeah. internet it, it was something that it generated the sense of renaissance you know i think this is the second renaissance with the mm. uh, now here's my weird philosophy stuff but Go but the it. internet is is like the creation of the printing press and being able to distribute a lot of information a lot of things all over the world very very quickly and i think that that will generate these new ways of doing things and i think with the addition of the pandemic we've realized and you know kind of kicking and screaming had to learn these tools about how to interact with one another and i feel like that i think that will be a lot more influential than we're giving it credit for right now but i think that we'll see we'll see some of those effects a very good example of this kind of thing thought crime it's like the vocalist is in pennsylvania the the midi guitarist uh, mel is here in champaign urbana and i i think the person that put all of the midi stuff together and arranging and stuff like that is in the uk so it's like this it's like this really it's it's super exciting and please forgive me if i said everything wrong feel free to at me that's cool i think that's that's something nobody's really asked my opinion before it's crazy (laughs) anyways (laughs) i think that's that's what it will be it's this collaborative kind of creation yeah i think that is a great fucking answer like i wasn't I, I did, wasn't even thinking in that realm, you know, and I think you bring up such a good point and like it's such an interesting answer, but I think you are absolutely right. Like, <laughs> a very interesting perspective. Okay, from this pretty like deep ish cool question, uh, this is the last question from a high school friend and we're ending on a very lighthearted note. So, my high school friend Ayushi is asking, How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Well, it depends. Is it is it an Eastern or European woodchuck? Airspeed airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow. <laughs> oh, is, yes, unladen woodchuck. Yes, um, but uh, I I would say four. Okay, I think yeah. that's a good answer. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is all of these questions. Thank you for coming out and doing like doing these interviews and that kind of thing it's it's been fun and it's been terrifying and it's made me a little weepy and you know basically we laughed we cried or i i wait you well, well we both laughed and i cried i think that that constitutes a good time it, it's amazing to think about this being you know three years i think when this comes out this will be the 13th bonus episode and there will be 62 episodes regular episodes out I mean, I would never have thought, you know, when I hit 50, I was like, holy crap. And then doing the Little Sips series, and oh, which funny. is kind of redundant, but the Little Sips, it's been a wonderful journey. And I, I hope that those that don't already know are are just experiencing Champaign-Urbana for like the first time or just listening and get, get just at least a little taste of like how unique and diverse the music is here in the scene and also just as diverse as the music the people so as we like to say that's some urbana shit right there (laughs) i'd like to close by just saying i think on behalf of the music scene as a whole because i've had this conversation with multiple people just thank you for having this because it's Mm -hmm. something that 
I don't think we express to you as much as we should, but it is very appreciated. And I really like, it is a cornerstone of Champaign-Urbana music and it's such a wonderful thing to have. And yeah, I'm very grateful and appreciative that this exists and thank you. Well, thank you so much for your amazingly uh, kind words. So I guess... That's a wrap. You almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. I think that there's something funny that happens in my brain where I'm just like, shit, 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 shit. Where do I go now? <laughs>